This is not just another golf podcast. This is Golf Underground. This is Golf Underground. We just happen to be the third funniest podcast in golf. We interview PGA Tour pros, Hall of Fame athletes, rock stars, business leaders. Sure, we talk about golf, but we have fun. All right, let's do it. Welcome to to Golf Underground. Underground. Now your hosts, Wardo, Sully, and MLB Hall of Famer, George Brett. Hey, welcome to Golf Underground ESPN Radio, back in the stable. Wardo, it's been a couple weeks. Uh, George, I miss you. I haven't seen your smiling face. My hope was I was going to see both of you out at the Waste Management Open, but you guys had a uh, a, a busy agenda popping by. I was there. Wardo doesn't remember being in Arizona that weekend, but I remember it because I was there pretty much all winter. Well, you were doing all the fancy things of going to the team meetings and the happy hours and all that and doing all the uh, big ticket items, so... Yeah, and, and what do you mean by you You weren't really involved? I was just participating in the activities, enjoying what the uh, common folk like to see out at the open. Yeah. All right. Well, I, you know, I, I didn't want to um, jump in on your suites. I hung around with the commoners, <laughs> you know, because I represent Jim. You're going to realize I'm the guy who represents the double digit handicap common man. And then you got the likes, the Hall of Famers, and you've got these really good plus four or five golfers. You know, I, I, I'm the 12th handicapper, and so yeah. I think there's a lot more of me than them. Yeah, well, I was out there all day working with average people like I, I do most days, so uh, we, we there is no golf without you, that's for sure. Amen. <laughs> Amen. You love our money, maybe, but more than our golf swings, I'm sure. Well, let's do a formal intro. Uh, this is Jim McClain. We are honored. We are really honored. Um, Jim is the... The uh, the owner, the founder of the Jim McLean Golf Schools, and you got locations all over the U.S., uh, Mexico, Spain. Um, you got Trump Doral, and you know, and Wordo, Wordo loves great golf instructor instructors. He mentioned uh, Chuck Cook, and and of course he's he's he. We're here in the golf stable, his his little location where he he teaches guys like me and 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 better guys, and he said we were going to have you on, so he got all nerded out, all geeked up. <laughs> I, I got excited because. Frankly, you've written some of the greatest golf books that have been written in the game. And I think what you've done is just such a great job of breaking it down but making the swing um, doable for, for all all folks, right, for the plus fives and even the, the 12s or the 18s. And so Jim's the author of the great books Build Your Swing, the uh, Golf Digest Ultimate Drill Book, The Eight-Step Swing, The Slot Swing, and a, and a whole bunch more, and, of course, Jim's had the opportunity to uh, to work with the likes of Keegan Bradley, Brad Faxon, Hal Sutton, Tom Kite, one of our buddies, <laughs> Bernhard Langer, Sergio Garcia, Curtis Strange. So your resume is off the charts. But I, I but selfishly, I got to tell you, um, what really got me excited about this in researching, doing the homework. You know what guys like us do is you go to YouTube and you type in Jim McLean, <laughs> right? and there's a lot of really cool videos out there. And what I thought was so neat about you is, is sure it was about the golf swing, but it was about so much more than that. And, and how you talked about communication skills and there was even negotiation and how you lead people to come to their conclusions <laughs> for what I, this is what I do for a living. I work with companies and, and I teach sales and leadership and I'm watching your videos and I'm saying, he may be a great golf instructor, but I think you're a, you're a better leader and salesperson then maybe you might even be a golfer 
Well, I like that. Well, you nice, nice to say. I, I took a lot from other sports. To be honest, I, I played, I played other sports, but I had the chance to go see other people work. I, I watch a, uh, in New York, the New York Jets. Bruce Cosner was a really good friend of mine. I used to go watch the Jets practice, and I've been out to Seattle with the Seahawks, where I grew up, and watching them. And I knew John Wooden a little bit. Uh, out in UCLA, I used to, I went out and see him and, and see how he coached and how he did things. Pat Riley down here, and uh, yeah, so I've looked to try to make my business, you know, work. Uh, my schools work a little more like uh, like sports do. You know, you know, other sports, other all other coaches do in other sports, definitely. Yeah, well, and so what would you say? Um, some of your examples were and you reference the Socratic method, right? Which is, I mean, you're you should be talking golf, but you're talking like deeper. I mean, you're bringing up Greek philosophers for crying out loud. This is this is pretty cool. Thanks for joining the Golf Underground. Now, the Golf Underground is brought to you by Star Companies, KC. Experience a more energy efficient and comfortable home with Star's insulation services. Regain functional medicine. Feel better, function better, move better, and look better. Regal Distributing, specializing in the distribution of food service and professional cleaning supplies to a variety of industries. Cowell Insurance, providing brokerage and risk management services for over 25 years. Sano Orthopedics, care plans backed by research and clinical results tailored perfectly to individual needs. Bobsite Ford and Bobsite Independence Kia, where you'll score a double eagle on your next car or truck. Sheridan's Unforked, eating good and feeling good. Lewisburg Ford, nobody sells more F-150s than Lewisburg Ford. And Celebrity Greens, put a custom PGA caliber putting green in your backyard for the ultimate golf experience. Now, onto the program. Well, so, so the, you talk about this Socratic method, and so yeah, um, and how you use this when someone's in front of you, and of course you've learned this from others, right? Leading folks to come to their own conclusion, which is pretty cool. Yeah, well, the Socratic method is just having someone figure things out for themselves. You ask them questions, and you keep talking to them, and instead of telling everything to do in the golf swing, um, I, I've just learned to sit there and, and listen a little bit, listen to what they say, what they feel, how they're how they're thinking about the swing. Um, you know, and then I kind of, you know, I kind of, I direct them the way I'm hoping it's going to work until they can kind of see, you know, the way I'm viewing their golf swing. But I definitely try to teach with participation that it's a, uh, me and the student or the, I do a lot of golf schools, so we get some bigger groups in and, but, uh, definitely not just telling people what to do, do this, this, and this, but we, we it's, it's an interaction between the student and the teacher. Now, George, uh, tell the folks what you're doing down in, in Arizona right now. <laughs> well, we had our first day of spring training. It's been going on for about a week, but the first official day was today. And uh, let me see, I watched some batting practice. I just kind of watched some uh, pop-up drills and uh, watched some pitchers throw on the side. And I've given two people some advice. Will they listen? I doubt it. But uh <laughs> I'm pretty good at giving advice that these hitters that hit 220, they don't want to hear it from me. They want to hear it from the other coaches, you know. They go, no, you just don't understand how hard hitting is. I said, that's a bunch of bullshit. I know how hard it is, and this is what got me over the hump. Why don't you try that? And they look at me like uh, like I'm an idiot. 
but that's uh, it's my job, and and I'm here till the end of March. This will do everything. You uh, does George still do the Charlie Lau method? Kind of. I mean, he he. Well, I I I, I try to tell people that when I I never hit 300 in the minors, Jim. And I was hitting 200 in the major leagues at the All-Star break in 1974 with 200 at-bats. And then I changed. He watched me for the first half of the season and didn't say a word. And he said, I wanted to see if you would make any adjustments on your own. I didn't. I didn't know what adjustments to make. And so then he said, okay, I think we got to move you off the plate, get your bat parallel to the ground. you got to quit trying to pull too much. You got to get from a firm backside to a firm front side, which is golf, in my opinion, isn't it? Where yeah. before I was a back leg swinger and never got through the ball, was always around it. And uh, and we set a goal to hit 250 with four games in the go. With four games to go in the season in 1974, I was at 291. And then they fired Charlie. I went one for 11, I think, ended up hitting 282. The next year they brought him back and I hit. Uh, 300 for 13 years because of the things he taught me. And all I'm trying to do is relay to people, the players on the Kansas City Royals, what worked for me. Maybe it'll work for you, but at least try it. At least try it. And and I've had a lot of uh I've had haven't had a lot of positive feedback in the uh let me see, I retired at 40, I'm 69 in the 29 years I've been doing spring training, a few guys have listened. A few, <laughs> but not many. So, Jim, what would you say to George to try to, get, to up that percentage of folks who would listen? Well, if we just lay the resume down in front of him, I would maybe do that of, of what he's done in his career. I, I would think any any player in baseball would want to listen to him about hitting. It's one of the great hitters of ever in baseball. But you know, but you know what's crazy when I'm around Wade Boggs, Don Mattingly. We talk hitting, and we all agree on the same thing. So it's not just what what Charlie taught me and stuff that they picked up on and they thought was very important in the success of their swings, you know? It's like if, if you know, five of the top golfers in the world were going up and they were given a clinic and, and they had some amateur golfers there, in my opinion, and they were giving them advice and they wouldn't listen. You know, hey, your 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 feet are too far apart. You're standing too far from the ball. You know, you're taking your jump club too far inside, and they all agree on it. But then when it comes time to, oh no, that doesn't feel comfortable. I'm not going to do that. Nothing's comfortable at first. Does it, Jeff, nothing's comfortable at first. When you change someone's swing, it's not comfortable at first. And I've always used I've always used this expression. Um, Kevin, I think you know where I'm going. I broke my right hand one time. And I had to wipe my butt left-handed for six weeks. It wasn't comfortable the first week. No. The first two weeks, it wasn't comfortable. But guess what? After okay. two weeks, I could, I could wipe left-handed just as good as I could. <laughs> and I tell people all the time, give, give it a week. It's not going to be comfortable. But after a week, guess what? It'll be more comfortable, and you won't have to think about it. And, and, and you know, they might give it two or three days. Oh, this isn't going to work. It's not going to work. But I use that expression a lot and tell that story an awful lot about when I broke my right hand and had to do the paperwork left-handed. I wasn't good. Wasn't good at all. So so speaking, shifting gears to golf, golf theory and instruction, obviously, you know, George is maybe he's more of the old school thought. You know, there's been kind of this 
old school to new school and now kind of a blend of, you know, you've got people on either side of the fence versus, you know, the restriction of the lower body and resist and, or versus the heel. Like where do where do you fall into all that? I think I know where you do, but just elaborate a little bit about the evolution of the golf swing and what guys are bringing to the table. Well, I had the opportunity to work with some, you know, phenomenal, great, talented people when I started. Like Ken Venturi was a U.S. Open champion. I, I played golf with Venturi for 30 years and watched him work with Tom Watson and Weisskopf and John Cook, um, Claude Harmon at Wingfoot. I and uh, when I was down in California, I've spent a lot of time with Mr. Harmon, Jackie Burke, uh, guys who were really big Hogan, you know, really big Hogan fans played a lot with Hogan and they all put Hogan at a higher level like Ted Williams or Babe Ruth in in, in uh, golf and I also spent a lot of time with with Sam Snead so I took a lot of things that I learned from those guys and I wrote the x-factor book uh, based on what the body does in the swing and there's a there's a lot of content in the x-factor besides the idea of resistance with the lower body but then some people interpret that as not turning your hips at all or, uh, you know, totally frozen with your knees. Of course, that's not right. But the feeling of uh, of loading into your into your trail side, your right side, and, and getting a um, big shoulder turn, which creates a differential between the shoulders and the hips, and then increasing the X, stretching the X as you start down. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that ended up being something that's taught pretty much worldwide on biomechanics. It's kind of a common, I think, pretty common word in golf, the X factor. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that, you know, you've you've heard this run of these guys that are teaching, you know, saying that the resist and all that's gone too far. And what how I like to look at it is I think it's all a case-by-case basis of what the player can physically do. And there might be a guy, an older gentleman who – a little bit of heel lift that's going to help him get a bigger turn at the end of the day back mm-hmm. to your back to your comment on on shoulder turn but you know it it it's funny that a lot of these guys go down one it's it's a one method and kind of back to you know paralleling this to baseball George George knew his method and was really really good at it and I think maybe maybe the disconnect with the baseball guys is no different than tour golf now is they all a lot of them have their silos and their teams and that person that might not even be with the Kansas City Royals that are that are in their ear. Am I correct, George? Yeah. Yeah. There's guys that, you know, they go home and they work out and there'll be a guy back there that they, hey, you know, I'm gonna go to your gym and work out. You throw it to me and the guy will make some suggestions. And you know, there's a lot of hitting coaches out there. Wives are hitting coaches. <laughs> uh, uh, dads are really good hitting coaches. Dad, oh, you got to listen to your dad, right? You know, so, but then they come down here and then they get, the one thing that we try to do here is we have, you know, every minor league team has a hitting coach. We have four minor league teams. We have two teams in the Dominican. We try to teach the same basic philosophy throughout so you don't get, one guy telling you to do it one way, and then the next year he goes from A-League to double-A, and all of a sudden this guy's telling them something completely different. Yeah. And they're sharing, when a guy gets called up from A-League to double-A, the hitting coach from A-League calls the guy from double-A. Here's what we worked on. Here's the terminology we used. And they try to stay on the same page that way. Yeah. All right, Jim, I got a question. You've you got the dad that comes in with his 13-year-old son. And says, Which you do a lot, Kevin. 
Uh, yep, I'm curious to see what he says. So you got the dad that comes in, and little Tommy, he's playing baseball and golf, and he says, "My kid, my kid's baseball swing screwing up his golf swing. I want you to, I want you to uh, role play a little bit on what you would tell him." Well, he's absolutely incorrect. There's a lot of great transfer from baseball and any hitting uh, sport sequence, kinematic sequence, same thing in, in golf and, and baseball and, and hockey. There's those, those sports transfer pretty good. There's a few things in, in, in the footwork with baseball that you probably change, you know, that's squashing the bug and turning the right foot that some, some, uh, baseball teachers might be using for baseball, but the hand-eye coordination, the ba- the ability to, you know, hit the baseball pretty good. If the kid's pretty good at baseball, that's going to help a lot for golf. I think it's great the kids play other sports. Myself, I really encourage the kid, you know, the parents to to do that. But you're absolutely right. You know, the parents can be terribly influential. The uh, unsuspecting child listening to the uninformed parent, you know, is a, <laughs> and it, it, I see it a lot. So I, I've had to kind of ban or talk to the parent in, in a pretty stern way that, you know, this is not helping. I, you got to give me time, stay away, stay back and I'll do it. I, I don't mind a lot of times if the parents are there, but I don't need them to get involved in the, in the lesson. <laughs> yeah, well, you brought up Charlie Lau earlier. Jim, you brought up Charlie Lau's name earlier, and that was my hitting coach that really made me the player I became. And he, Charlie really understood the, 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 the baseball swing. He was a terrible golfer, but he said, George, here's the deal. He was a terrible hitter also. You know, so many great players make terrible coaches. And you get someone like Ted Williams, one of the greatest hitters ever, was a terrible hitting coach. And I was a pretty good hitter. And when I was the hitting coach here in 2013 for two months, nobody listened because <laughs> they, no, you don't know what you're talking about. But you look at every good, every good major league hitting coach was a horseshit hitter. <laughs> but they figured they, 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 you know, they listened and they, they studied it, but they just couldn't do it. And Charlie Lau said to me, he said, the golf swing and the baseball swing, if you can hit a, a baseball, you should be able to hit a golf ball. He said, they're so similar, they're just on a different plane. And he said, George, you wait. You mark my day. Someday you'll see people, because the biggest fault that he saw, and what he did as a golfer, I golfed with him numerous times, his back swing was so fast, he couldn't slow it down. He said, someday people are going to start with their hands right here, and they're going to take it up two inches, and then they're going to swing. Do you think that's ever going to come a part of it? Uh, don't think he that's swore. A, but, he swore. He said they might start halfway back and then just bring it and just turn and then swing. It's a great drill. There's you see a lot of great players do it. Uh, Victor Hovland does it a lot. I watched him on the on the range. He'll go, you know, go, <laughs> just go a touchback and uh, and hit it. It was a stop and go drill that we used in teaching. T- Tiger Woods used it with Butch Harmon a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the toughest drills he did, which is to go to the top stop. And then get get things to start down correctly, so that's that's a good idea. But I don't actually. Do I think that's going to happen in in golf? No, right. I think that be a backswing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, does it? Does it? What are you doing that practice? And before he swings now, he brings the club about halfway back, stops, and then turns. Isn't some, he doing that a little bit, Kevin? He has some club with like marbles or BBs in it, and takes it up to the top, and then freezes it for a second and then goes. So yeah, he's got a little pause drill, but 
if I were to reinvent golf, I would reinvent golf with uh, having the start position be at impact. Because I think there's so many people out there that don't know where they should be at impact or and or can't get there. So that's one drill I see a lot. I don't know about you, Jim. So if we all stand here, right, start where you want to go, where you want to get it, right? Then take it back. That's a great stroke. We'll give it uh, Say, all right, show me impact or shuffling or whatnot. But um, what are your thoughts on that, Jim? Oh, definitely. I mean, I, I do a lot of work with people with, without a club to start with to, sh- to show me things that they're trying to do with their body. Um, and, I, you know, when you first ask a person, what are you trying to do with your body, a golfer, you really get the deer in the headlights look. Um, they don't really know where impact should be. And I think that is a good drill to start there and to do some small swings and try to get yourself to understand where you're trying to get at impact. But of course, when you're playing, I mean, that, that's, that's happening in a millionth of a second going through there. Yeah. I think it's very important to start from a, a, a good balance, symmetrical position and move into impact. Just like a, you would throwing a baseball, you could simulate where your right arm, if you're a right arm, hand, right arm thrower and your elbows way in front and your hands way back and you could kind of show somebody that. But if you started from there, you... You couldn't throw it to home plate from from that starting position. So you need that wind up and you need this. I think you same thing in golf. You know, I could have used both of you um, at Hilton Head on, on Saturday morning, Jim. It was about 8.30, beautiful mist in the air, ready to play. <laughs> and that I shanked my first four irons. Oh. Shanked. Yikes. Oh, my. You know how scary that is to drop 350 with you're hanging out with your buddies. You got a caddy who immediately thinks it's going to be the worst round of his life. (laughs) (laughs) You guys. (laughs) Sully must have been a little nervous. That's for sure. Yeah. I I had to fight back to win the the $45. On that point, uh, a good story on that was uh, Nick Thompson, is Alexi Thompson's brother, was playing. Uh, web.com tournament and he hit two shots right in front of the par five and he shanked three balls around the green and that's the that day no and somehow got his mind back most people would have quit and walked to the you know they would have walked in there's no yeah. it's like hopeless yeah. thing that you that you're not going to finish and yeah. somehow he got it back together but most amateurs don't get it back together no, you know what they had to do for me, Jim? They had to rush me out for Advil and a double Tito's and soda. <laughs> it got me right back on par. I was perfect, right? All right, let's do this. Let's, let's take a short commercial break. We come back. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the psychology of the game. Because what was great in researching uh, you and some of your videos or some of your references to the likes of Steve Jobs and, and you know, this, this thought of creativity and thinking uh, differently – and you, you referenced an old friend of yours, Carl Welty, um, where we talk about creativity and innovation and the, the role of video in in the game, I thought was really, really interesting. So let, let's dab a little bit in the imagination and using technology to help people be their best. So we're with um, the man, Jim McLean Golf School. Check out some of his books. Just go to Amazon, type in Jim McLean Golf. That's uh, M-C-L-E-A-N. You're going to love what you have if you're looking to become better. Come on back in a Golf Underground, ESPN Radio. 
Guys, as the male body ages, testosterone levels steadily decline, and your bodies become increasingly unable to produce healthy levels of the primary male hormone testosterone. At Regain Functional Medicine, we can help you regain your quality of life with testosterone replacement therapy. TRT improves brain function, sleep cycles, heart health, performance, and overall body composition so you can feel better, function better, move better, and look better. Visit us today at ifeelmuchbetter.com. Regain Functional Medicine with locations in Lawrence and Leewood. Regain is better. Hey, Brian Sullivan here, and I've got a tip for you. You've got to head to Unforked. It's an amazing restaurant. What I like about these guys is they promise to buy and support seasonal local ingredients first. And I love the fact that they source from smaller, family, GAP-certified, or organic farms, prime-going regions, artists and producers. All I'm getting at is, if you like fresh stuff, Unforked is the place to be. And like they say it, fork or no fork, you can be sure you're getting the highest quality, socially responsible ingredients possible. And not to mention, it's delicious. So whether you're out south or downtown, stop by Unforked for a delicious and healthy meal. Sheridan's Unforked. Honest, clean food. Cowell Insurance Services is your leading program administrator for workers' compensation. They're dedicated to meeting the unique challenges of the insurance industry and assisting employers in reducing their costs. CIS has provided insurance claim and loss control services to various industries, including trucking, construction, retail convenience stores, and healthcare, as well as public entities for over 30 years. They work with both retail agents and industry clients, or a combination of the two. If you're tired of fighting the rising costs of premiums and claims, give Cowell Insurance Services a call. Their dedicated staff is ready to find you the best insurance option at the most competitive price. They can help to define or enhance your safety program in order to move you in the right direction in reducing your claim and premium costs. Contact Cowell Insurance Services today, 816-214-4070. Hey, Brian Sullivan from the Golf Underground here with a little good news. And that good news is that even double-digit handicappers like me can occasionally make a double eagle. All right, maybe not on a golf course, but even guys like me can score when buying a new car or truck. I'm talking about two stores, two brothers, and four generations, treating customers just like family. I'm talking about our buddies at Bobsite Ford and Bobsite Independence Kia. With these guys, you'll always score two under with double the inventory and double the customer satisfaction. That's the Bobsite Double Eagle. Now, Bobsite offers a wide selection of vehicles and promise to make the car buying process as quick and as hassle-free as possible. Now, whether you have poor credit, no credit, or maybe a first-time car buyer, you can trust Bobsite Ford. And Bobsite Independence Kia will get you into the car or truck you choose with professionalism and attention to your needs. So go visit our buddies at Bobsite.com, but only if you're looking for a vehicle that makes you feel like a U.S. Open champion. All right, welcome back. Golf Underground ESPN Radio with Jim McClain. Of course, uh, George calling in from... Arizona tries Arizona spring training. We have two amazing coaches, one baseball and uh, one of the, of course, legends of, of golf. So um, in the first segment, we talked a little bit about the golf swing. And you know, I, I, I wanted to lead a little bit into um, the topic outside of the golf, golf swing. And that's sort of the mind and creativity and, and also how this led this creative mind of a friend of yours, Carl Welty, who really revolutionized the video in golf. And you told some really neat stories about Carl. How important is creativity to a golfer, but to a golf instructor like like Carl was? Well, intuition, we're talking about your feel and your visualization 
and your touch, uh, those are the finer points of the game that we're trying to get, you know, everybody to get a little bit of that and, and to be able to lag putting. And, you know, it's not all, uh, all this geometry and physics and all of the things we can, and all of the details, but a lot of this is, is feel and touch and, um, doing, doing drills and ideas to help people stop thinking so much uh, about um, a lot of things in their golf swing. Carl Welty was um, the first uh, guy to really study the, the tours and, and do it, do these videos, and he was maniacal about filming exactly the same way. So when I started working with with Carl, we would go out to tour events, and we in the old days it was pretty easy. Then it got a little tougher, but I'd have all of my guys, we've been filming that way for a long time but carl would um get all of these videos together then he would study them like a you know like a maniac maniacal batting coach or or football coach the guys that are in there for 22 hours a day in, in the nfl studying video and that's what carl was like so we ended up starting to look at what do all the great players have in common and what are some things that they all don't do that you might see in other players and that was tough to do way back. Uh, and that's really how I started writing because Carl gave me all these ideas of how to film and how to videotape. And then the other part would be when people see their swing, they're oftentimes very surprised when they when they see it. But to me, um, visual learning, uh, the monkey see copying is, especially for kids, they're great imitators. We lose that imitative skill as we get older, it's tougher. But hanging around, Good players, of course, watching good players is the best thing you can do. And then playing with bad players all the time is the worst thing you can do. So a, a good player is going to do a lot of things around the golf ball before they hit the ball, the way they set set up, the way they waggle the club, the way they move their feet, the way they get ready to prepare to hit a shot. And then the movements of their swing are look you know, so smooth and easy, and, and, and you watch that. And and that kind of intuitive practice and, and visualization is so important to me. I use video. I use the comparisons. I show them lots of different tour players, different parts of their swing. And not that I'm going to have them swing like Jack Nicklaus or Tiger Woods, but I, I want them to see what these movements look like and to get some visual picture of what they're trying to do that's different from what they're doing right now. Now, you had mentioned that Carl... It was a pretty good story how he was filming a golf pro and 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 he showed a video of Johnny Miller. Yeah. And he was right. Tell, tell the folks a little bit about that story because I, I think it's a great illustration. Well, yeah, I did that talk for the summit you recently, so I'm sure that's what you saw. But yeah, he would. The guy was came into him was a golf pro, a pretty good player, a club pro, decent player, and uh, he came to Carl for a lesson. And Carl's very quiet when he when he taught and he. The guy asked him, you know, I'm having this trouble, whatever. And he put up Johnny Miller's swing side by side. He used to use two TVs. And he shows him Johnny Miller's swing for quite a while, like 15 minutes. And the guy's watching him. He said, well, uh, what do you think? And, and uh, Carl drew a circle around uh, Miller's left knee. And he, the left knee moved back on his backswing. And this guy said, um, Carl you know, you're not telling me anything. What am I supposed to do here? And, and he just pointed at the at the TV again and played it again for another 10 minutes. And finally, the guy was so frustrated. He said, Carl, 
do you want me to move my left knee? And Carl said, Johnny Miller's pretty good. It was <laughs> you know, it was like, he almost said nothing, but, and the guy said, you know, it was so frustrated, he was pissed, and then he started to play better. Uh, with uh, Carl saying about four words in, the, in an hour lesson. He, he led him to the answer, though, huh? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, well, George, would, would this work in, in baseball with these young guys? Do you, do you use video in baseball? They have a video room right behind me. I'm in the traveling secretary's office right now, and they have a video room, and they video their BPs every day, their cage work every day. They can pull up any at-bat last year. They can watch every home run they hit. They can watch every strikeout they had, and and they're in there. There's probably eight screens in there or eight computers, and they do the same thing with pitchers. Pitchers can watch every pitch they've thrown all year. They, they film their sides here. It's, it's crazy. So there is a lot of video, and and like Jim was saying, I was a, I was a visual guy. You could tell me to do something. I can't. I won't follow instructions, but if I see what I'm supposed to do, I can emulate that. I'm, I'm a visual learner, and I think a lot of these guys are visual learners also. Do they show previous greats like you, or you know, you'd mentioned the Wade Boggs of the world. Does that ever come into play in that video room? Sort of like a Johnny? Uh, I don't know if they have video. Uh, they probably have some video of me, but I don't think they have a video deal of other guys from other teams, you know? I mean, you can go on YouTube. When I was introduced today by our new manager, uh, uh, Matt Quatero, uh, he just said, and I just met him two minutes before the uh, team meeting uh, where he has everybody in there. Everybody gets introduced. We have a lot of guys from other organizations that are now on our team. So they introduced the the the, uh, the medical squad, the clubhouse kids, everybody, the scouts that are all in town, all the minor league managers, the minor league coaches, because a lot of these guys don't know anybody. We have so many new faces in camp this year. And all he said when he said to me, and he says, you know, we're fortunate to have George Brett. He's the only Hall of Fame guy in Kansas City Royal history. And if I was you guys, I would go home and look at the stats. They're pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. But why not that was video? a pretty good introduction. Now, will anybody do that? I don't know. But it would make sense if they made it easy in that video room to, to do this. Right? Yeah. To, to put, and heck, they do it in high school sports. You know, the apps huddle. I mean, you can compare. You can see all of this. It's hey, surprising. Jim, what, what percentage of your students do you use video with? Almost all of them. You know, I, not maybe not intensive, but I, I like to bring them in and show them uh, what they're doing. I have a, a, a bay, a teaching bay. That I, I've, I've done that ever since I started teaching in New York way back. I've always thought that it was important to get a, a video record of what we're doing befores and afters and get, keep a, uh, a running tabulation on how they're doing. I want, I definitely, with the tour players, you want to have video of when they're, you know, when they're playing their best, as much information as you can of their best golf for, for the way they're swinging the club. Um, so I think that's, yeah, I think it's really important. Do I, no, do I do it every lesson? No, not every lesson, but I, I it's a huge majority of time for me. Video is my main thing. We've got all the other stuff, but I think video is the, the best thing to use to yeah. teach. Hey, how do you guys decide, and <laughs> ask you this too, Wardo, when you, when you see a lot wrong, is there a laundry list that you start with, fix this first? Uh, 
I'll give an example. Actually, speaking of video, our our video was down last Friday, and George George saw this lesson. This guy first lesson, and he came in and he he wanted something simple that he could go play with right away, and kind of a you know he was a quote unquote feel guy is what he told me, <laughs> and we gave him two things. And he just started stripe, 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 stripe. It turned out his equipment might be a little off. We'll dive into that later. But that's an example of a of a guy where I, I'm like Jim. I love to see it, and I'm a I'm a visual guy, and I, I like to show people before and afters. Um, I mean, that's how you kind. Of, it's a great way to recap the end of the lesson, give them right. something to take home. But the the only time I see people kind of skying away is if their golf swing literally looks like Charles Barkley's used to, or if they're just, they're just able to put the bat on the ball. But, you know, a cool story, Jim, is like George, when, when we do have the video on, he will kind of just you know, kind of make those adjustments or I'll point out one or two things. And there's a couple of things in his golf swing, you know, his hand comes off the club, kind of like VJ seeing at impact. But uh, I'm just so impressed by how he can shift plane. You know, if I say, all right, George, hit a cut. It's a little out to end. George, draw it. George low, high, and he can just move it through all those nine windows and, and kind of back to the baseball thing. It's like he knows which direction, and that's why he was such a good opposite field hitter. Mm-hmm. Well, but so what, still, of all the things, let's say you put me in there and there's 12 things wrong, where do you start? Jim, Do you is there one, like you, you got to get this first before you get B, well, we C, all- and D? It's just like for me, you know, I'm a PGA Tour player. Well, it all starts at, at setup. You know, all yep. everything starts at the beginning. How tight they're holding the club? Do they have the mobility in the wrist joints? Do they have angles in their swings? So, the universal fundamental is setup and trying to get people into a good position, uh, so they have good preparatory movements before they hit the ball. That they're not just standing, you know, so many people just stand there and, and they stand over the ball too long. They, they're not target aware. And then you start to me, I, I've used that that idea of, well, what's the first mistake that causes the other things to go wrong? So I like to do a first things first type of teaching that can start early in the backswing. A lot of times it does, but it could be later in transition, you know, kind of the make or break part of golf, how you start the to move into the golf ball because there's the other thing that's for sure is there's no one way in 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 golf there's so many different ways the guys and girls swing the golf club in the backswing but you've got to be good from waist high to waist high through you, you that's that geometry has to be great coming through you have to have the ability to hit the center of the club face to be a good player and um you know and you've got to you've got to be able to have yourself make a good transition as you start down to hit the golf ball well the the thing you've always told me is is, you know sully i'm not going to work with you unless you're going to commit to it but there are a lot of folks (laughs) like me who are going on the boys trip and you want to get a little bit better are there any tips that you have for that time crunch golfer who isn't going to be banging balls just doesn't doesn't have time to do you just told you posture ball position good setup athletic but listen he said that this is very difficult Tension kills the golf swing. Just rem- that's is the number one thing I get across to everybody. All the people that come to my school is they've got to be able to lighten up, relax, get some uh, relaxations in the wrists, and to be able to let go in the golf swing. It's and it's not that easy to do for a lot of people, for sure. You just got a fist pump out of George. Why'd you fist pump George? 
Well, that's the one thing Charlie Lau used to say. Too much, uh, too much hand grip creates too much tension in your forearm and your hands, and then that goes right to your chest, and you can't be fluid. And that was one of the one things we, one of the first things that he taught me. And and of course the bats, the the guys in pressure situations, they try so hard that they squeeze the bat so hard they can't be fluid. And so what we came up with, and and we get a tube of toothpaste. Okay, here's a tube of toothpaste. We're going to take the top off. And you stick your finger like it's a tube of toothpaste. How hard are you squeezing the bat? If any toothpaste is coming out the bottom, you're squeezing it too tight. <laughs> yeah. And that's and and that's and I I was I did that today in the cage with some guy. He had the death grip on it. You could tell his knuckle. He's white knuckle in the bat. And the guy, you know, hadn't even done a wound up a wind up yet. He's white knuckle. And I go, hey man, how hard are you gripping that bat? And he gripped it real hard. I. I said, here's how hard I grabbed it. He stuck, stuck his finger out. And I said, it's a tube of toothpaste. If you grab it too tight, toothpaste is going to come out. You don't want any toothpaste to come out until contact. <laughs> and all of a sudden he goes, man, my bat felt so much quicker. I mean, it was unbelievable. <laughs> but this guy, this guy's been in the minor leagues for like five years. You know, maybe maybe I helped him. I don't know. But, uh, and, 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 and I know in golf, Man, pressure shot. I I feel I feel I'm starting to grip yeah. it a little tight sometimes. And then I just step back. I take a deep breath. I breathe a little bit. I think breathing is huge too. And then I just try to get a little rhythm. I I, I try not to put the club down behind the ball for five seconds. There's just a little waggle, a little movement that takes the pressure out, the tension out of your hands, and it's a smoother takeaway. And I'm able to swing through it better. And it's like that in golf, I guess, right, Jim? Absolutely. Those yeah. are the absolute key things. Like when you watch the guys with the PGA Tour, the guys that make it out there, they have the ability to let go. Uh, after hitting a couple bad shots, they get on the on a tight hook, driving hole and they rip it and and they let go. And it, it's a hard thing. Um, I've known that. I've, it's like teaching guys, like when Keegan first came out on the tour, I said, look, you know, you're going to get one of these days, where you're going to be in the last group on Sunday. And you're going to have to be able to have uh, a good pre-shot routine. Make sure you relax. You're going to have to let go. And you cannot worry about the names on those other golf bags or you're just not going to make it out down on the tour. But that's an easy thing to say. But you really have to be able to relax, breathe, and get into your own zone and not worry about what the other guys are doing in your group. Um, and a lot of times we get caught up in, and what other people are doing, and also like we're being watched, which we kind of are in golf when you're on that first tee and there's a lot of people around. Or like George, you're saying, coming down to win a tournament, uh, you know, a club tournament or, or you know, a local tournament, or to win your flight, uh, and you start trying too hard. And it's mm -hmm. that really big thing in golf is that right. effort too high, and then you're you're in, you're in bad shape. I think too, people put just the, the everyday or the elite businessman. I think there's, you probably see more of them than anybody in the country. And the elite guy that comes through that, well, I'm good at business or family. And he just expects to be good at, at golf. And there's usually a little bit of a, a time disconnect there. What do you tell that guy? There's no doubt about it that, you know, I teach a lot of the New York guys that come down here and you know, I just try to give them a little, uh, a little talk maybe and, and sort of slow them down a little bit and talk, talk about, you know, this is a, 
a, a sport and and uh, this extra effort and trying hard works good in business for you, but it's not going to work good for you in golf. And you're going to have to get, you know, this ability to swing the golf club and not not muscle it. But the, most of the guys are using the macho muscles. They're using the shoulders, the arm, and they're pulling on the golf club. They're not using the core. They're not using the legs. And they're not allowing gravity in their arms to swing the golf club, which gives you the the look of ease and and speed in your golf swing and they're most of the people i teach are not doing too well on that aspect <laughs> yep well that's why you have to go to your golf school you got to head down right you allow some midwesterners to come out to hang out with the guy up from brooklyn won't you well yeah george you're in a great place i, I love scottsdale i mean that's i've loved going out there but down you know down here in miami it's tough to beat these winners uh um, yeah 80, been 82, 83, 84, 85 most days. It's really, it's really sweet. And we had a terrible winter this year. Terrible. <laughs> I got down here the 27th. I bet I played golf maybe 10 times because it was in the 50s most of the time. Yep. And then I went down to the Floridian about two and a half weeks ago to play in Reggie Jackson's tournament. It was 82 degrees and humid. And it was the first time I had been in humidity since last summer in Kansas City. Yeah, I, I was. It was eighty-two degrees, and I was completely drenched. But it was just a perfect day at the Floridian that day. You swing that club, no extra clothes on. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, it, it, it's been so cold here this winter. I was playing golf one day, Jim. My wife came out for two weeks, and she was here five days. And I'm playing golf on a Saturday at Whisper Rock. And it's probably 52 degrees. The clouds came in, and, and they were thick clouds, and the wind picked up a little bit, and, and I was cold. And I got a text that day from my wife. She said, look, I'm tired of coming out to Arizona, and the weather being bad, I just booked two tickets to Cabo. <laughs> I said, I'm going to Cabo for a week. <laughs> George, there's a couple of people I cry for, and you're not one of them. So, <laughs> All right, let's do this. Let's take a really quick commercial break. We come back, Jim, there'll just be you know five more minutes. Um, Wardo has his infamous uh, rapid-fire questions. We'd love to dig deep inside of that brilliant brain of yours. So we're with Jim McClain, Jim McClain Golf Schools on the Golf Underground ESPN Radio. Brian Sullivan of Golf Underground with my favorite orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Kevin Witte from Sano Orthopedics. Hey, Doc, golf season's over. My back is killing me. I know it's football season, so you get a lot of kids coming in, blown ACLs, all sorts of body parts with problems. And then, of course, those baseball players. I know you fix a lot of elbows. Why is Sano Orthopedics the absolute best sports medicine orthopedic group in Kansas City? Well, if you want to see the guys in town who've had the best orthopedic fellowship training in sports medicine, um, including training with Dr. James Andrews and Dr. Larry Lemack, come see us. Uh, we individualize patients' uh, plans to get them back to that activity and that sport that they love. And we actually care and listen to to our patients and follow up with them and make sure that they're getting the results they need. Okay, and so the three things that separate you, number one, best training. Number two, you specialize in getting people on that field. Number three, you're actually listen. Where can I learn more? Because you got me all in and I don't really want to get fixed, but it's time. At sonoorthopedics.com, 816-525-2840. 
Hi, this is George Brett, Hall of Fame baseball player, and I've been playing golf for over 35 years. Hitting the ball far was never my problem, but the closer I got to the greens, that's when my problems began. When I wanted a golf practice area in my backyard, I called Celebrity Greens. They are the industry leader in custom-built synthetic golf greens. These championship caliber, low-maintenance greens roll great, react like real bent grass, and hold chip shots that check and spin. I absolutely love mine, not only in Kansas City, but also in Arizona. Call the pros at Celebrity Greens at 1-888-507-7960 or visit them online at CelebrityGreens.com. Practice like the pros or people like me that want to be pros right in your own backyard. Hey, Brian Sullivan, Golf Underground, with a little tip for you. If you're looking to buy a new Ford, you have to check out my buddy, Jason Gudenkoff at Lewisburg Ford. They've been saving Midwest Ford buyers thousands of bucks for over 40 years because they do business the right way. They sell everything. Check this out for $50 over invoice. That's simple and cheap. And they win a lot of awards. In fact, they won Ford's President's Award 17 times. That's the top Ford award. And they only give it to dealers with superior customer satisfaction in sales and service. So they know how to take care of customers better than anybody. Now, what these guys know how to do also, keep this in mind, sell trucks. Lewisburg Ford has sold more F-150s than any other Ford dealership in greater Kansas City. That's two years running. And last year, they were the number one F-150 sales leader in the entire state of Kansas. So, no hassle. $50 over invoice pricing, unparalleled customer satisfaction, and a huge selection. That's a perfect recipe for selling trucks. So, check out all their inventory and prices online at lewisburgford.com. Or give them a call at 816-444-2300. New golf clubs. A big screen TV to watch the U.S. Open? Or maybe even a new golf cart that I've got my eye on? No matter how you choose to spend the savings, if you're looking to put a dent in your monthly heating and cooling bills, the answer may be right over your head. If your attic isn't insulated properly, you're missing out on a prime opportunity to cut costs. Call the certified energy experts at Star Companies, Inc., 816-353-2160 for a free estimate to learn how they can help you save money. 816-353-2160 or visit StarCompaniesKC.com. All right, welcome back. Golf Underground ESPN Radio. Wardo, let's get right to it. Mr. McLean, he's got a busy night. He's taking a lot of time. We're blessed to have him. What questions do you have for him? All right, Jim, I got the Emergency 9 brought to you by Sheridan's Unforked. Uh, the hardest working golfer you've been around or taught tom kite love it knew you're gonna say that the best ball striker um i think keegan bradley is the best ball striker for the girls lexi thompson that i've that that i've worked with gary woodland was you know i had a great year working with gary he he moved actually moved down to miami and i'll tell you Watching Woodland hit this driver was, he was just easy at 120, 126 miles an hour on every swing, just about. And uh, that ball's not coming down. It's pretty, pretty impressive, isn't it? Yeah. All right. The, uh, what, or the best short game, what player that you've worked with? Yeah, I worked a decade with Brad Faxon. So I I talked to Brad a lot. Uh, He's actually not, he's chipping and pitching now. He said it's terrible, which is funny. We were, he just played in the senior tour event. He couldn't, he's, he's putting around bunkers, he told me, which sadly. <laughs> <laughs> hard to, hard to believe. 
he can still putt, and he's working with uh, with McElroy and a few other players on on the putting. So, uh, he, I watched Faxon turn seventy eights into sixty sevens uh, quite a few times. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, the instructor that was the most influential on your career. Uh, I think probably uh, Kenny Ken Venturi and, and Jackie Burke were the most uh, most influential for me. What player has challenged you the most as an instructor or been the most influential? Player. Wow. Uh, you know, what I player what player would challenge what you were telling them or or you maybe had a it was a you're just Hal getting so radical with him. I think Hal Sutton, you know, Hal was a feisty guy, man. He's still a feisty guy. And, and you know, we'd have some uh, kind of getting some arguments, I think, a few times. I mean, he'd, he'd challenge you, but you got to stick with it. I gave him a uh, that stop and go, actually. We would put, talked about earlier in the show, and he topped the first 15 shots he hit. And, he, and I said, you got to keep going, man. He did, definitely didn't want to keep going, but eventually he, he did okay with that. Amazing. All right. Other than the obvious Augusta National, your favorite golf course in the world. Pebble Beach for me. Awesome. Yeah. Um, one word to describe work teaching or working with Steve Elkington. Well, <laughs> fluidity. I mean, he's just one of the greatest golf swings I've ever seen. Magnificent. An we incredible wedge. We just did Jackie Burke's 100th uh, birthday party in Elkington spoke and I stayed with Butch Harmon in Houston he spoke and uh, Ben Crenshaw did so we had a oh, we had a really good time out there yeah oh yeah I saw that that's awesome um one word to describe Gary player intense exaggerating <laughs> all right and the last the ninth hole you had to do your you had to build out your dream foursome who is it George is going to caddy, so you don't have to choose George. Yeah, well, we could have an all-baseball group. Geez, that's, I don't know, you know, that's, people always ask that. You'd probably, you know, probably like to play with, if I if I could, with Snead, Hogan, and Tiger, and Jack. If we could play a five-some, play the four, <laughs> four guys on Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's the <laughs> best. Amazing. Well, listen, Jim, thanks so much for your time. We really appreciate it. It's been an honor to, to get in your mind a little bit because uh, I mean, you've, you've influenced so many people, not only with the golf swing, but you've, you've created a, probably a ton of leaders and great communicators, and uh, we're blessed that you gave us the time. So, so thank you so much. Great to be with you guys. Thanks very much. See you Maybe later. we'll get George down to uh, South Florida now and uh, get him out of Arizona since yep. he's hey, very much. Hey, Jim, where are you at? Where do you teach down there? Well, I'm at the Biltmore now. We have a school over at Miami Beach at uh, Miami Beach Golf Club, and then I'm at the Biltmore in Coral Gables, right right next to the University of Miami. And I was at Durant 26 years, <laughs> but yeah. moved over here. Yeah, perfect. You're going to see Bob, talk to Bob Ford next, huh? Yeah we, yeah. yeah, we got Bob coming on here in a few minutes, so excited to have him on and a, another great legend of the game. Great friend of mine. He's probably you know the, the greatest golf pro, head pro, you know, great guy. Yeah, we're super excited to have him. So we'll we'll tell him you said hello. Thanks again, Jim. Thanks, and I appreciate it. Um, All right, so um, George, thanks for taking the time today, my friend. Okay.